0: Beautiful, beautiful. You know, today I just want to share in the moments that I have with you. I tried to think of a title for this message, but to be honest, it's very similar to the message and the theme that was brought to us last week, which was the blessing of being planted. So the title, if you want a title for this message, is the blessing of being planted, part two. Okay, so because you know what? Being planted in the house of God being planted in Christ Jesus, being planted and positioned in his word, being planted in a way so that our roots go down deep and reach out to receive nourishment from the water, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. This we can't just do in a moment. So let all of us just be ready to allow the word of God, the truth to be marinated into our hearts so that we can actually grow and mature, so that we can actually be ready for the days that are ahead. You know, it is true that the Bible also says that there will be wars, rumors of wars, there'll be earthquakes, there'll be plagues in the last days. But let us always remind ourselves that he said that he would also pour out his spirit. And are we ready? Are you ready for the spirit of God to be poured out? I know I am. I'm desperate for it. I'm like, Holy Spirit, we need you more than ever. We need to sense your presence. We need your leading and your guiding. We need your comfort. We need to know that you are with us. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, just one moment in His presence, one moment in His presence can change the course of our lives. One moment in His presence can set you free from whatever is holding you back. And that is the power of being planted, planted in the house of God, planted in what Jesus said he would build, his church, planted in a Christ-centered, Bible-based, God the Father honoring, God the Son honoring, and God the Holy Spirit honoring place. And that's what we are endeavoring to create an environment for. And, you know, we can do that as we come here collectively, but we can also do that individually at home. And I want to encourage all of us to take this seriously. You see, we are here and we are about our father's business. You know, when I, when I was a kid and I didn't always really know how to explain to my school friends what my father did, I always would say he was an ambassador. <laughs> oh yes, my, well, my d- daddy's an ambassador. Because basically when I remember hearing him preach one time and you know, he's a missionary and a pastor. And I, I remember hearing him preach one time and saying how we were ambassadors for God so I would just say he's an ambassador and they're like oh wow he's an ambassador <laughs> but you know what I also loved when Ray Bevan was here he said the church is the embassy yeah. amen we're the embassy we are ambassadors and the church is God's embassy here on planet earth it is a safe place for people to run to amen because Christ is here And so the blessing of being planted. You know, Mark read a scripture in Jeremiah that I'm going to read to us this morning, this afternoon. Jeremiah 17, verse 78. And then I want to read the scripture that I prepared for today, which is found in Psalm 92. But let's read Jeremiah. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank With roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Exactly. I love it too, Katerina. It's amazing. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. This is your potential, and this is my potential. But you know what we can see here? These roots are going down deep. They are proactive. They're going down deep and they are reaching out. They're stretching out to the water where they can receive nourishment. And when we see water mentioned in the Bible, it often is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. It's not just God the Father, and God the Son. We need the Holy Spirit in the here and now. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, seated victoriously in heaven. Having accomplished the work he needs to accomplish, the Holy Spirit is here with us now. And we need him. We need you, Holy Spirit. And you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in our lives. We want you to know that you are welcome. We need you and we want you. Please do in us what only you can do, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so then, Psalm 92, verses 12 to 14 in the Amplified, this is what it reads. And this is what I want to bring and expound a little bit more for all of us today. It says, The righteous will flourish like the date palm, long lived, upright, and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. I mean, there's nobody old here, is there? No, but this is good. You can always remember this as you get older, that you will prosper in old age. That's mine. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust and love and contentment. Exactly. Come on. I heard somebody yell, come on at the back there. This is our story. This is our potential. Amen. So why don't we just dive into this in the moments that I have with you and just look at this glorious cedar tree of Lebanon that we are described as because there are many attributes from this tree that we can apply to our lives. This is our potential and we can tap into it as much or as little as we would like. But our world needs us to really tap into it because our world needs the attributes that this tree has operating out of our lives as well. You know, nothing is wasted in the Bible. When God says that they will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, I think it would be, you know, do us good to actually become cedar of Lebanon tree nerds. Do you know what I mean? And Google and find out which is what I have done. I've read all sorts of articles. You'll be so interested about the way the um, cedar wood works in the shoe, you know, to stop the smells and the bells and all of that. It's amazing. I've read all sorts of articles. I won't bore you with them right now. But what I will say before I get started on these cedar tree attributes is I just want to say the first thing it says here is that the righteous, the righteous and this righteousness is not about law and commandments and religious obligations and duties. This righteousness is found in the finished work of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. We are righteous not because of anything that we have done. Our righteousness without Christ is like filthy rags, the Bible says, in comparison to the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. His righteousness is on us and for those of us who've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior we are righteous and that simply means that we have right standing before God we don't come in scared we don't come in inferior and full of shame we come in boldly and confidently because when God looks at us he doesn't look at our sin and our shame he looks at the blood of Jesus that has washed us clean amen amen righteousness. Romans 5 verse 19 says for as one man's disobedience many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience Jesus many will be made righteous many will be made righteous and I pray that that will be our story here in Berlin that many will be made righteous many will be made righteous, that your friends, your family, your work colleagues, your uni students, your school students will be made righteous as they come and acknowledge their need of Jesus and accept him as their Lord and Saviour. That is what makes us righteous. It's not in the work we've done. It will never be. We've already messed up so much. You do not need to be a rocket scientist to know how much humanity is messed up. But oh, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus who came, who lived, who died, who rose again victoriously. Amen. And because of him, we have this amazing gospel that has saved us. It's the gospel that has saved us and it's the gospel that continues to keep us. The lost need the gospel, the good news, just as much as those who have been found. We need the gospel and we will need the gospel continually. We will continue to need the gospel. You know, as Mike said recently, you know, when he's emceeing, he just said that, you know, shortly Easter is coming where the gospel message of Jesus Christ will resound across the world, the Christian world. We will celebrate. We take this weekend aside to celebrate the death. Yes, we celebrate the death because we're on the other side of that death. We understand why the disciples mourned. We understand why they ran away and they fled. But you know what? They were on that side of the cross. We are on the other side of the cross. We're from the victorious side of the cross. We're from this side of the cross that is empty, amen? We're on the side of the cross that our prayers are on an empty grave as we sing so loudly. Amen? That's the side of the cross. That's why we celebrate it. Because if Jesus hadn't come, goodness knows what would be going on on planet Earth right now. At least there is a remnant of people that know Him on the planet Earth. And there's always been a remnant of people. There has always been a remnant of people. I pray to God that we will be that remnant of people that will be that, that one true focus on Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? the Saviour of the world, the Messiah. Our world needs a Saviour, and He came. He now needs us, His church, to actually shine brightly, to shine the light where there's darkness, to be salt and flavour, the God colours, the God taste. That's what our world needs, amen? And when Easter comes, I pray, my heart's prayer is that the people who go to church normally on Sundays will still be found in the house of God. That the traditions of Easter will not take us away from being front and center. Because this is a time where those who don't know Christ will come. It is. It's a time where people will come. Let us not be a church where, you know, we normally come every Sunday, but Easter, we're so involved with all the traditions that we're not being padded of this solution and we're not being there it's a bit like it's a bit like you know I don't know it's a bit like your daughter's getting married and you've seen her every day for I don't know how many years but on the wedding day you're not there who would do that this is like a wedding day for us Easter it's like a wedding day let's be there amen It was just a little random thought that popped into my head. Sorry. (laughs) But let's get back to Psalm 92, shall we? Because Psalm 92 talks about the cedar of Lebanon and it talks about the righteous and it says that they will grow. And some versions say they will grow strong and mature. That's what God has got for you and got for me. Maturity. Just like natural children, we would be so alarmed if our natural babies that have been born would not grow. We would know that there was something wrong with them. I was a midwife for 12 years okay and like I delivered hundreds of babies decades ago. Now if I went back to where I delivered them and they were still babies we would all know that something was wrong. If they had grown and they still needed to have the care that they had when they were a baby we would definitely know there were medical conditions that were not conducive to them fulfilling their potential. Well you know it's the same in the spiritual world We're reborn. We're born again spiritually. And now we need to grow. We need to grow up, to mature, to be strong. And we can because God's not asked us to do anything he's not equipped us to do. He's given us everything we need to mature. And maturity doesn't come with age. The only things that mature with age are wine and cheese, I do believe. But the rest of it, it doesn't happen. It's got to be proactive. And it comes from an ongoing relationship with Jesus. It comes from cultivating what we already have received. And it comes from applying, applying the truth of God's word. If you want to grow and you are not yet water baptized, this is one way that you can grow by applying what he's asked you to do, what he's asked you to do. He wants us to grow and we're going to grow when we actually get to know who we are in Christ and our inheritance. So do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know the great inheritance that Jesus has provided for you and given to you? Are you accessing it like those roots that go down deep and reach out? We have to be proactive. Not in our It's not faith in our faith. It's faith in him, but we've got to do what we can do. He's done everything that he can do. Now we've got to do what we can do. We've got to come. We've got to meet him. Nothing develops healthily just by its own. Amen. And this is time for us as a church to grow, to grow up, to be these mature Christians, to be these beautiful um just ray of hope because we have the hope amen and if you're a new Christian here we've got community groups that you can come and you can actually start to learn about who you are in Christ if you're a new person here and you want to come closer to the values and the vision of the house we've got community groups for you and if you're just a normal you know community group we have got the message notes for you and we need we want to help you but we can also help each other by sharing as Mark was mentioning earlier amen so these attributes for this beautiful cedar tree, there's actually seven of them. Now I'm going to list the seven, but I'm only going to share on three. Is that okay? Who would like to know about the cedar tree? Oh, all these hands waving, well, let me tell you. All right, so the cedar tree of Lebanon is evergreen, which means it's constantly green in season, out season, and it never loses its flowers, its leaves. So it's evergreen and it's able to be evergreen because, you know, you and I can have lives like that because we've got God who's the God of all seasons, who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. The Alpha and Omega, as we were singing, we have got him in our lives. So we too can be green and flourishing in all seasons because we have the God of all seasons in our life. The next one is that it's majestic and stable. You know, stability right now is so important. Our world needs people to be stable, and stability comes because these roots go down deep and out wide. That's why this tree is stable. It's durable. It's long-lasting. It's an iconic survivor of man-made plunder. It's decay-resistant. It has a sweet fragrance, and it's used for building material. And what I want to share today is on three. I want to share about the durability of this tree, how it is an iconic survivor of man-made plunder, and then I also want to share on the building material. So you're up for that in the next few moments that I have. So let's just have a look at the durability of this tree. You know, the cedar trees are remarkably long-lived, a thousand-plus years at the least. So they have provided shelter, For decades and generations and generations and generations. They are durable and lasting. And you know, our lives, your life and my life, this church is here to serve the generations that are to come. It's not just for now. It's not just for this decade. This church is here for the generations. And in Psalm 145, verse 4, it says, each generation will praise you and tell the next generation about the great things you do. We are here to point the generations to come to Christ. And you know, for us as a church, on a Friday at 10 o'clock, there's a group of us girls, and actually, Alberto joined us last time. Good on you, Alberto. And we pray for the next generation, and we full-on go for it, don't we, Alberto? I mean seriously we pray there's there is a rolling up the sleeves do not mess with us we are praying for the next generation and we pray diligently for the next generation because you know what the, the they're our future they are our future and I think we need to seriously consider what is going to happen to our next generation and what part do we have to play today for not only our future but for the future collectively of humankind amen For many of you here that know me, you will know that 120 plus years ago, my great grandfather was led to Christ through German missionaries. They left Germany, they went to India and led my great grandfather to Christ. And now all these generations later, all four, myself and my three siblings today in Europe are in the house of God serving in different capacities. through one decision that one great-grandfather made. The decisions that you and I make today are going to impact the generations to come. How do we want them to be impacted? We've got something to do today that can impact them for the positive and make a difference. You know, my father used to say that we need to live like Jesus is coming tomorrow, but plan like he's not coming in our lifetime, which meant we need to plan for the generations this church is durable this church is lasting the message of Jesus Christ is lasting the church of Jesus Christ is lasting amen it's already survived 2,000 years no war no plague no nothing has taken the church out because it's Jesus's church you can't mess with Jesus's church it's here for the long haul and you and I have a part to play so what is the part that you can play what is the part that you can play The second point the iconic survivor of man-made plunder oh my gosh the iconic survivors of man-made plunder and you know the definition of plunder means to steal goods from a place or person typically using force and in a time of war or civil unrest and you know we can see very clearly in front of our eyes right now the war in the Ukraine and the plunder that is going on And many who have found themselves in our home here in Berlin with us, they have lost, they've lost their homeland. They've left loved ones behind. But you right now, what is it that you have lost? What has been stolen from you? Maybe it's your peace, your joy, your hope. No, for some, it's actually trust. For some, it's sleep. This week, we've prayed for some people who just need to be able to sleep. Well, can I tell you that we're not just mere survivors of man-made plunder. The Bible tells us because of Jesus that we are more than overcomers. We are more than overcomers. We're not just, you know, surviving. No, we are more than overcomers. And 1 John 5 verse 4 to 5 says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. It goes on to say, who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. If you have recognized the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, you are by definition an overcomer. Whether you feel like it or not, you are an overcomer. Amen.